You're listening to the Extraordinary Fan Podcast, coming to you from the Duncastle Studio in Naples, Florida. And now your hosts, Riley and Billy. All right, welcome back, extraordinary fans. Uh, you've got Billy Dunn and Riley Morris. Welcome, Billy. Happy Friday. Yeah, Friday edition, right? This is the first time we've done this on a Friday. Normally yeah, we since do last a... week. Yeah. Did we do that Friday? Oh, that was the local show. Oh, that's right. We did. You're right. To recap that, obviously we were we were out at uh, where were we? So I don't mess up the name. Millennial Brewing Millennial. Company. Millennial downtown Fort Myers. Really cool atmosphere. Uh, for those of, of you that happened to catch last week's local hour, uh, apologize for the sound. Um, we've got a few ways that we're looking at making that better going forward, but um, overall wasn't terrible. Yeah, feedback on, you know, as we listened to it afterwards wasn't all that bad. I mean, it was pretty noisy in the background, but uh, our equipment held up. Yeah, uh, all things considered, I thought it was it was a success. Um, but, you know, that place was really cool for those of you in Southwest Florida. If you're looking for a, a different evening other than, you know, just going to uh, Ale House or uh, uh, Bonefish and grabbing a drink, that was kind of a cool night. Or Krusty's, as a lot of people like to entertain that, Krusty's North and Krusty's South. Yeah, known to some as Rusty's or formerly known as uh, the old Pelican Larry's locations. That's right. But, uh, yeah, those are a little bit answer. Those are like a little bit too college. Right, which is why I was happy to go to the Millennial Brew House. And, man, they had the food trucks out there. We did get to sample the burgers from Burger Q. Burger Q. It was good. Money. I, I really the Fries were great, too, the actually. Fries. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how they make that stuff, man, right there and just like a normal-looking UPS kind of truck yeah it was great and and uh, they had a lot to offer the raw bar was there they had a uh, had a healthy section we kind of stayed away from uh but i'm sure not that was interested great. <laughs> uh but then uh there was like a pizza truck as well um but yeah they had a lot of different stuff going on it was cool and um i and know it was interesting enough on sunday or on i'm sorry saturday i think they had what a bounce house going on yeah they you know the one thing they do really well and i i noticed i was down at uh momentum uh, uh brewery here in bonita springs and uh they kind of do a similar thing where they're trying to have a different themed night each night you know to appeal to different people and bring more people out um, but the one thing that i liked is each of their nights you know on on saturday they had um like you said the bounce house Seemed like it was more kid and family oriented. Um, I can't believe how many people had their kids and their dogs out there, man. It was pretty cool. Yeah, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot going on, but everything was it was laid back, and everybody seemed to be having a good time. And uh, especially down here, where we, you know, it's tougher when you're under forty five. You live here. It's it's difficult to go find people your age, your speed, uh, people that actually have a job. Uh, that aren't retired and there's nothing wrong with those folks either but um for us even with being professionals and 
you know, getting out into the, uh, you know, into the community and finding people like you is a little bit difficult. And it seemed like there was a lot of, there's a lot of our, a lot of our kind of people there. Yeah. I feel like what they're doing is needed in the area as I graduated high school here. I know you finished up high school in the area as well. The, the thing that everybody who had lived here, their, you know, majority of their lives or their whole lives was there's nothing to do here. Oh, there's nothing to do. I can't wait to get out of, of Southwest Florida. I want to leave Fort Myers. I hate Cape Coral. I want to go somewhere else where there's stuff going on. Let me go to Tallahassee, Orlando, or out of state. And it's pretty nice here. And there are activities going on, and there's more of them popping up, just like these local craft brew places. Yeah, it's, there's, there's so much more selection now than ever has been. Um, I know that we... We enjoy hitting up uh, Burn um, Cigar Bar uh, and and I guess what you would call a, a nightclub uh, there at the Mercado in Naples. Uh, yeah, Rocky Patelli's number one American-made cigar manufacturer, and uh, just a really cool eclectic vibe there. Um, and then you've got a collection of other bars between Cabo and and uh, Blue Martini. Um, but then, you know, stretching out, you've got momentum here in, in Bonita Springs. You've got uh, Millennial, you know, as we've been talking about up there in Fort Myers. And then Fort Myers Brewery just had an event uh, last night um, to celebrate their four-year anniversary. And we've sampled a few of their beers. Everything's been great so far, honestly. Oh, yeah. uh, would have loved to have been out there for that had we had the opportunity. But um, we'll definitely have to take the show on the road for that uh that venture as well yeah that's great happy anniversary fort myers brewing company that's four years i had not known that it was been around that long yeah, and as i as i've heard that the vibe over there is pretty cool it's a little bit bigger um but the cool thing about the, the different breweries i think is they all have their own vibe you know it's it's they're all different uh they all have their own niche their own thing definitely and uh, the character surrounding it i think makes up uh, a lot of it um, but I'll tell you, if you just look, if you go onto uh, Millennial Brewing Company's uh, website, man, the pictures of that place is so photogenic, uh, looks cool, very modern, uh, the beers were great, um, and they had quite a selection. Only open, what, a few months now? I mean, they're, they're really just getting started. I think it was October? October, November, something to that effect. And they've got a really cool membership deal over there. They, they got two different levels of membership, $40 uh, gets you. Um, a membership where, you know, I think you get one growler uh, fill a month uh, and then access to some other, um, you know, benefits. And then they have another one that's more elevated at $75 a month. And you get two growlers a month filled plus free beer while you're waiting for that growler to get filled. And then some even uh, more advanced events, it sounds like. Uh, but that's that's their uh, founders uh, package, which... Um, it sounds like it's part of the reason they got started and, and it was a very yeah. smart thing to do with those memberships. So, uh, but you know, those guys were great over there. We appreciate, um, Kyle and those guys just letting us come out. It was, it was, uh, it was a great time. Yeah. A lot of fun. That was our first, obviously remote off site from Duncastle studios, Dun Manor studios, which we currently reside this evening. Yeah. Due to a scheduling conflict, we're, uh, broadcasting from the headquarters tonight. 
which is a Dunn Manor here in Bonita Springs. Uh, normally we're at the uh, Dunn Castle Studio in Naples. Uh, so sound quality seems pretty good. I hope everybody's appreciative of that tonight, uh, though we know it's pretty much perfect over there at the studio. So, um, but in any case. We'll have to settle tonight. That's okay. Yeah. Enough about us. Um, what's going on in the area? Well, how about this? I first want to say drink of the night, delicious. I don't know about you, Billy, but I'm definitely sipping on this and enjoying every drop of it. This is known as a new fashion. Is that correct? It's new fashion or um, new old fashion. Yes, something like that. I think I think actually what it's called is an in fashion. And uh, the recipe came. We went and visited um, the Capitol Grill over there at, at Mercado, and Capitol Grill has got um, really cool uh, drink selection. And uh, they've got this drink called the In Fashion. And the In Fashion is two ounces of uh, bullet bourbon, one ounce Grand Marnier, a half ounce of simple syrup or a raw sugar cube. Um, you'll use three to four dashes of Fee Brothers Black Walnut Bitters, which, believe it or not, is a big, big deal in the drink. Gives it this um, very bold, a little bit smoky flavor to it. Powerful. Uh, yeah. And then you garnish it with uh, Luxardo cherry and a twist of orange peel. But um, it's it's not it's not a good drink for people who don't drink. Good it, thing it's you and me, buddy. Because yeah, it's got it packs a little bit of a punch. But really, it is delicious. Honest to God, the first time I've had one. This, yeah, I I would order two of these and be good for the night. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I'm in the middle of a. Uh, you know, outside of, I felt compelled uh, to take part tonight, but I'm going to be on a, a bit of a uh, dry period where I won't be uh, drinking for the next 10 days after this drink here. So Take a hiatus. Yeah, um, just as a, a bit of a health thing. So next week's uh, drink of the day will be only Gatorade. you. You're going to, I think I'm going to stick with the H2O, uh, but that'll be on you. You'll get to... Uh, you know, sample that and give your feedback on the drink of the day next week. Sure, I'd uh, come up with something. Yeah, we'll, we'll get that figured out. But uh, so those uh, FGCU Eagles. Yeah, biggest story in the area right now, man. Our Eagles are flying high. Uh, FGCU is doing what we would expect them to do and winning games, just like we've been talking about the last couple of uh, episodes, you know, giving you guys updates on exactly what is going on with them. They finally clinched the Atlantic Sun title outright. Yeah, they took uh, Stetson by 10, 80 to 70 uh, here in Fort Myers at Alico Arena, um, which is great. It all of us sews things up, I think, uh, for their postseason. I know, and I, you know, I can't, I've been doing a little bit of research today, trying to find out. They play Stetson again on Monday at 7 o'clock at Alico Arena again. And uh, I don't know if that's tournament play or not. Everything I read, I can't find anything on if that's the start of tournament play or if it just so happens they play them back-to-back. Um, but in recapping some of their season statistics as the, the regular season comes to a close, uh, this Brandon Goodwin kid that um, I believe now five or six times has been the standout player in the conference, um, has been newcomer of the week uh, numerous times as well. And it sounded like he was a transfer in this year, but 
He's got 31.4 minutes per game, averaging a flat 18 per game. Uh, 4.8 rebounds, 3.8 assists, 1.2 steals. The kid is shooting almost 52% from the field, almost 79% from the free throw line, and 37% from three. Awesome. That guy is, is a stud. Glad he transferred here. Again, came from the University of Central Florida. Playing very well. Yeah, definitely is the bright spot. Um, he's 6'2", 180 um, guard. So, I mean, that's a, that's a good size guard for this conference. And, uh, and certainly his skill set, it looks like it's really panning out well. The, oh, you know, on another note there with, with the team, Zach Johnson. Tied his season high for points last night with 24, was named Atlantic Sun Player of the Week just oh, a couple of hours ago. It's big as uh, as that regular season comes to a close, and you got to believe they're bearing down on uh, a little bit of March Madness. So it looks like the the Eagles have the regular season title for the Atlantic Sun. Monday will be the Atlantic Sun Championship. Uh, again against Stetson. In They're going to play the championship the against nest. Stetson? Because I thought Lipscomb was the number two. Who? Lipscomb. Oh. You, you tend to say that a little Lipscomb. Much. Yeah. <laughs> tend to say that a touch differently than I do. but um, Yeah, but I thought I saw Lipscomb was the uh, number two in the conference. And uh, Stetson's actually... Only rocking a uh, yeah, they're seventh in the A Sun with an eleven and twenty overall uh, record. So I don't know that I don't know that that's a uh, championship game. Well, according to FGCU's Twitter, men's hoops, that's what they're calling it as a championship game. Uh, also tweeting out last night, the Red Sox players were at the game. How about that? Yeah, they had the uh, first. Um, you know they do this traditional. I think it's a fourth, a tradition rather. They do this uh, each year, and uh, I think this year marks the fourteenth year that they've done this uh, exhibition game. And it's a nice way to start things off and get the community out there. And that happened yesterday. And you know we keep talking about going to the games, and uh, I had four tickets yesterday, and unfortunately because everybody else has to work, I had nobody to. To run out there with so i i didn't take advantage of that mm. but there's some sunday and saturday games coming up we're definitely gonna have to adventure we gotta out there. try and you know a good reason why the red sox might show up to a fgcu basketball game is because of that new pitcher they acquired chris sale yeah alumni of the great florida gulf coast university is, is he the greatest alumnus so far a hundred percent athletically i should say the most well-known the most I mean, definitely the highest paid athlete or notable student athlete to come out of there. Until Brandon Goodwin, right? We shall see. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's an exciting time. Hopefully the uh, Eagles are in, involved with uh, March Madness and, you know, with the Red Sox and the Twins starting up. You know, it's a good time here locally if you want to get out and see some sports. Um, there's, you know, there's actually some options where during the rest of the year, we've got to make a little bit farther trip 
heading out to Miami and Tampa to see Dolphins games, you know, uh, Lightning games, Panther games, and, and certainly those Miami Heat. Yeah, and man, just FGCU really having a great season. 12-2 and two they finish in their conference. Uh, first time they've ever won the Atlantic Sun outright. And also their best ever win percentage for the division. They're they're doing what they should be doing. Beating, beating the lesser opponents, recruiting well, getting some transfers, and dunking. I know you uh I know you talked about that transfer coming in and we uh we looked at it a little deeper today. That seems that seems pretty promising. Ricky Doyle. Yeah, especially as they're leading rebounder for for this season um is now a senior and you know though he's he's not in double digits and rebounds um he's averaging eight point uh 8.2 rebounds per game um so getting another guy in there that's a big man to take his place and hopefully uh hopefully, you know, lock up those boards and allow a team that looks like it's got some pieces at the guard spot where they can score and they can guard on the perimeter and allow them to uh, be able to compete underneath. Um, But that's a huge thing, especially on a guy that really is at a rather large program. Yeah, he's, you know, obviously committed to University of Michigan. He played two seasons there and signed his papers to transfer to FGCU after his sophomore season. Guys, six foot nine, listed at 250 pounds, from Cape Coral. However, he was born in France. There's not a lot of French-speaking uh, Cape Corleans, you know. No, not a lot. But uh, he does have some basketball in his family. His father, Richard, played in the NBA for a brief stint with the Detroit Pistons, actually, and wow. also played professionally in France for 11 seasons. Probably how he was born in France, huh? That might just be a coincidence. What was his dad's first name? Richard. Dick Doyle? Some would say that. Dick Doyle. Dick Doyle. Yeah, it's short for, uh, you know, Richard. Richard's long for Dick. Richard Cranium. So, uh, in saying all that, yeah, FGCU, it's an exciting time. Like we touched on, Red Sox and Twins in town just starting uh, to, uh, you know, kick off their, uh, spring training seasons, uh, which obviously always brings a lot of excitement, a lot of extra focus here in the area. You're going to have ESPN reporters. Uh, I imagine Tim Kirk Jin is going to be in the area here fairly soon. Uh, you might even see a Buster Olney here in Fort Myers. And so definitely some stuff to look out for if you're a big sports fan. Yep, it's that time of year. I mean, we're going into spring. We got spring breakers going to be flooding our, Roads and beaches Kai, pretty soon. Lonnie Kai, baby. That's right. Gonna go win some money at the booty shaking contest on the beach. A little wet, wet t-shirt contest out there. You, you never know. There's a lot of wild stuff going on at the Lonnie Kai. I mean, I can't wait to go get some bush light and head down down to the beach, my man. Yeah, we can get a cube for like seven ninety nine, right? Thirty pack. Do they still do those? Yeah, yeah, of course. We used to do that back in the day. Well, yeah. So um, we've been talking a lot about, obviously, FGCU hoops. um, But we've got a lot to talk about professionally from teams that we follow here, um, 
you know, from our area, Southern Florida. And uh, I will tell you, the one thing I will talk about real quickly is uh, Jameis Winston. I know who that is. That's the quarterback from Florida State. Did yeah, Jameis Winston actually uh, won a Heisman, won a national championship, went first overall, plays for the Buccaneers. That yeah, guy has an affinity for crab legs and uh, obscenities. And he loves Publix like all of us. Yeah, Publix and, uh, well, other P words. But so, um, right. yeah, he does love some, some Publix, especially when he doesn't have to pay. But in any case, what did he do, man? I, I thought that he just finished up his sophomore year and he played awesome. Some call it his second year because he's not in college anymore. But the um, I will tell you, you know, I kind of feel bad for him because he's just not, you know, it's kind of like when Derrick Rose got drafted into the NBA and then Derrick would have to do these interviews. He just fell back because he was ill-prepared. You know, he was 20. He was... He was uh, they came from the south side of Chicago in an area where he saw a lot of bad stuff happen. And it was a victory that he made it out of there, only to then be drafted in Chicago. But right. to be gainfully be employed, to have gone to college, to have done these things. But nowhere in that was him prepping himself to sit in press conferences and take questions from media, penetrating, well thought out, uh, and a lot of times questions that were trying to box him in to go a certain direction. He always felt bad watching him. And with Jameis, you know, he's so well-spoken. He is, and I know that's got the racial undertones when you say something like that. I mean, he's well-spoken for anybody that's that age. Um, he just comes off polished. Um, he's engaging, appears passionate about anything he opens his mouth about. He looks uh, like a leader on the field, really, in the huddle, and that people, you know, huddle up around him. They, it, they believe in him. You know, he, he has that it factor. He's definitely got it. He's got something that makes you uh, follow him, makes you uh, pay attention to him, and he holds a room. You know, even watching him on Mike and Mike uh, during the national championship, he just he holds your attention when he speaks. And there's a lot to be said for that because he's done that the entire time he's been in the public eye. And the entire time he's been in the public eye, he's been young. And today is no different. And he's uh, been dealing with controversy. Controversy he created. The entire time, too. Yeah, and right. He absolutely needs to be you know, held accountable for why he found himself in the public eye in the way that he did. Yeah, the, you know, and the only way you can explain that away is he was – 19 he was 20 he's 21 years old there's that's the easy way yeah but i mean truthfully though you got to think you know think of the foolish things you were doing at that age and you didn't have a camera in your face so then take those foolish things put a camera on and put a mic next to you and then let them follow you around till they find the one moment you crack and that's the age where you're finding out a lot about yourself you're trying to make decisions in life and you don't know if they're all good or all bad or or neither. And so he's learning in front of all of us, which is a tough thing. I don't excuse the mistakes he's made, but again, you pick out the worst two or three things you've ever done in your life and make sure there's a camera and a mic there and an audience to, to judge you on it. I don't know that any of us want those moments. And not to say that his salary and his fame don't net him that, 
but it's not to say it's not hard. And you know, you're going to have mistakes or stuff that's going to happen. You take 15 seconds and just think about when you were that age, if you went to college, yeah. There would be times that you know because you were free at last, out of home, you know, in college, making your own decisions, setting your own schedule, having as much fun as possible, no responsibilities for the most part. You can make mistakes and if it's all blown up in front of the public eye with people following you around, man, that that's tough. I'm sure people are advising him and giving him, you know, advice in general on how to carry himself and how to answer these questions and what not to do. But you're going to make mistakes, especially when you're young. And maybe he made some more mistakes than others, but I can't, uh, I can't fault him for making mistakes because that's what you do when that's how you learn. Yeah. And I hate the judgy nature and the damning nature of our society in that way that you make any mistakes and they try to crucify you for everything. And I say you, but it, it's not us. I mean, we're a part of the people that are the crucifiers. Um, you know, we're the masses, we're the fans, we're the, on some level media. Um, and so I just, I simply, yeah, I, I sympathize, I empathize. I, I, I think um, it's unfair to put some of that on him, but by the same token, he puts himself out there at times, which leave himself open to these things, like this week where he tries to do a good thing, goes in, speaks to a bunch of elementary school kids, and more or less makes a, a statement that boys uh, should be strong and stand up, and girls should more or less sit down and be quiet. And in this day and age where we've got, you know, the the... Issues with gender equality and uh, the debates over transgender uh, people in America. I mean that it's a it's a loaded statement. It's a it's a mistake that echoes, and um, you know I I just I feel for this kid in a way that I hope that he finds a way to not be known for all these mistakes. Yeah, and. Like you said, trying to do something good. Go out in the community, speak to some children, you know, get them all excited. I'm sure that none of them have ever had anybody sports famous come visit him. And he's probably reading books to him or whatever, just, just talking to him and, and telling him, you know, what he knows. And this is what he tells him. That's, that's kind of tough to defend yourself when – Today's society does just, you know, light things on fire and blow it up. And, and this is what he's done, is gender equality. Come on. It's, it's kind of sad. It's a tough spot to get caught in. It's Con it's Context, though, maybe there's something there. Because all we're looking at is what the article says was he's quoted as saying to these children well there's video there's a lot of things that and it didn't look good i saw the video briefly just one time today and it, it's tough man because it's there's some of it that's not excusable well he wasn't like fist pumping all the kids all the no. boys standing up around the room or is that right no I mean, but that again that's the vibe you're left with in a lot of cases 
uh, surrounding situations like this. Um, but you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to put him uh, any further into the ground than he already is on this. So um, I'm going to leave it alone. I just wanted to make sure that it's a topic. It's something that's being discussed. It's out there. And I want to make sure we touch on it today. Well, I'm indifferent. I mean, I have never rooted for Jameis because I'm a Miami Hurricanes fan, and he played for the team that Miami Hurricanes fans don't like. However, as a quarterback for the Bucks, I respect him. I root for him. I like the way that he throws the ball to Mike Evans and scores touchdowns, especially when that guy's on your fantasy football team. So, Jameis, do better. That's all I got to say. Yeah, the um, the one thing I'll say is kid's talented. He's a hell of a football player. He's young, got a lot of time to grow. Um, and I got to imagine, you know, ever since South Florida deserves a quarterback. Florida deserves a quarterback. And the last good quarterback that we had in Florida. Tim Tebow. And he took it away from me. But, yeah. Um, so we need that next one. We need that excitement. We need that. Uh, to talk about, to root for, to um, kind of have in our crosshairs every day. Um, Ryan Tannehill I, coming up, man. Yeah, I don't know. Be careful with that, man. I don't. I don't know that. Uh, I, I don't know that that's going to be what everybody wants it to be. Uh, Long time. Fingers but, crossed. Hey, either way, you got Matt Moore, right? Uh, right. But yeah, we should we should probably take a quick break and. Uh, and then we'll come back. We'll finish up with a little bit of Dolphins and uh, some quick Heat NBA trade deadline talk and uh, certainly second half of the season as they look towards the playoffs. So we can kind of pick up there on our way back. All right. And the first segment here brought to you by Lighthouse Realty of the Islands, local real estate company located at 359 Periwinkle Way on Sanibel Island, Florida. They can be reached at 239 579 0511. You have any interest in seasonal vacation rentals such as golf front condos, or if you're interested in purchasing a new home on the island, please give them a call. Lighthouse Realty, lighting the way to your next stay. We'll see you guys after the break. Returning to Duncastle Studio in Naples, Florida. And now, back to the guys. All right, welcome back, extraordinary fans. We, uh, uh, it's Riley and Billy, and we're back for the second half of the local hour. Um, closing out uh, the first half with a little bit of Jameis Winston talk, a little Tampa Bay Bucks conversation there. And uh, I, it got me thinking. Riley, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an option, and I want you to uh, I want you to come up with two players. So, out in front of Raymond James or whatever it is they're calling that place now, you can put two bucks. You got two statues. Who's getting those statues? 
in front of the Buccaneers Stadium. Yeah. Man, that's probably going to be Rondé Barber and Mike Allstott. Stayed away from Sap, huh? I stayed away from Sap, yeah. Everybody would be scared to death that thing was going to end up grabbing him or shaking him anyway. Well, Sap, I mean, not to say anything about his off-the-field issues, but I don't really think that he played all that long. Did he? Oh, yeah. he's Nine years? Hall of Famer, dude. Hall of Famer. No question. And I'm putting my uh, cousin, Warwick Dunn, up there before Mike Allstott. But I understand your love for Allstott. Um, so that, that's good, though. No, those are both, you know, Rondé is definitely the the premier player post-SAP, yeah. Allstott, Warwick Dunn, uh, you know, that championship run. That's the post that team, he would be the guy. I think there's no question. Um, definitely, definitely. The uh, who's a Gerald McCoy? Isn't that the uh, the next guy you could probably um, start talking about? Yeah, he was drafted high, and he's had his ups and downs. He's performed really well the last couple of years, so he's he's looking that way. Mike Evans, of course. How about Simeon Rice? Remember Simeon Rice? I forgot all about Simeon. Yeah, Simeon Rice. Rice was bad for them, man. Like he was a bad, bad dude. Um, so yeah, they you know there's some there, but I, I don't. I'm not going to completely refute yours. If it was me, I'd be talking about my guy Warwick and uh, Warren. Uh, so in saying that, Dolphin Stadium has already got a statue outside. Dan the Man has a uh, larger-than-life statue. It's enormous. Uh, so if you were going to put a second one out there, who would you put? In front of the Dolphin Stadium. Yeah. And Player. that's a tough one. I could... Player, no coach, player. Right. Well, I would love to see a statue of Ricky Williams there. But Ricky, I don't Ricky would be interesting. I don't uh, know if he, uh that one would, would work out all that well. You know, the the farther we get removed from his career, I think that's more of a possibility because I think people are viewing the drug use, which you know, the marijuana use and that sort of a thing that he was very public with and very forward about. I think that's viewed more and more differently, especially now with the the new legalization here in Florida on a uh, uh, you know prescription basis. Um, sure, but I think if it was me, I think it'd be Jason Taylor. Yeah, that one would be an easy go-to. Actually, I think about it. That guy was obviously just got inducted to the Hall of Fame, or is going to be um, come August. I think, you know, the only question I got is, and this is kind of an interesting thing because since that undefeated season for the Dolphins, they really haven't had great teams. They've had great players, but they haven't had great teams. And that that undefeated Dolphins team, there was really, really good players. But I don't think anybody would tell you that they had Dan Marino-like talent on that team. And I don't mean, no. it's not a shot at Greasy. I mean, from any position, talent on that level. And so I think it's odd how they've been blessed with some really great individual talents. But that, yeah, like that, my, uh, my Uncle Mercury. Yeah. <laughs> Uncle Merc. Uh, that guy's funny, actually. I've met him a couple times. I was able to go to a uh, uh, Dolphins event where they were celebrating the undefeated season. 
and they were getting ready to release that movie that came out last year, and it's it's about the undefeated season, and uh, I was able to be there and hanging out with uh, Bo Camper and uh, Mercury Morris and uh, uh, Greasy was there, and you know there there's something to that team and th- those guys, Dwight Stevenson. Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of cool guys from that that time. Um, Man, now you're talking about some of the other guys on the Dolphins. I'm thinking now about the Bucks. Someone who was an obvious one we missed, John Lynch. John Lynch could go up there. Derek Brooks, though. You know, that's the other one. That's honest to God. As I said, Simeon Rice, I was thinking Derek Brooks. Yeah. Derek Brooks was awesome. Derek Brooks deserves a statue. Yeah. Man, it's funny. You just don't you don't remember it like that offhand. It's really it's funny when you give it a second. So now I'm gonna throw you the curveball. You ready? Go for it. Jags. Mark Brunel. I because then the answer Tom to that Coughlin. The answer to Mark Brunel is no. Dude, come on. Mark no. Brunel like was an MVP. And led them to the playoffs and beat the crap out of Dan Marino and the Dolphins in the playoffs, man. But uh, he was ousted by Byron Lefwich, who wasn't bad either. But Mark Brunel, didn't Mark Brunel just retire? Like the, guy, the guy floated around as a backup until he's like 45 years old, Yeah, which dude. is fine. I'm, I'm totally good with that. Collect a paycheck. Absolutely. Ride the pine. <laughs> Hold a clipboard, you know? Get a million bucks a year, hold a clipboard. Yep. And then uh, hope to God your guy doesn't get injured in front of you. But, uh, no, if – so you said Brunel. Who's your other one? You're not going Coughlin. It's got to be a player. To me, there's only two, and it makes it easy. Timmy Smith? Who's the wide receiver? I, I, don't, I don't know who the hell that is. Here's my two. Baselli. And – the number one, all-time, number one overall fantasy football draft pick is MJD. How could you forget, Duh. man? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that that would be the easy statue, I think. The the new logo has just scrambled my brain, and I forgot that MJD was a thing. And yeah, absolutely, that guy would be up there. I mean, he he pretty much. I'm not going to say he invented fantasy football, but he invented the fandom that surrounded that pick. You know what I mean? Like Without a doubt, he does it all. Catch catch the ball, run the ball. And he's four and a half foot tall. Like 32 carries a game. Guy was a killer. And, uh, you know, let me ask you this. What do you think of their helmets? I like them now. Yeah, you know, at first. I don't first, mind the oversized Jaguar on there, and I think the color scheme works. I like that fade to that matte black. I just think that's cool. Um, have you seen those? And I know your brother uh, works for the Jags, but have you seen those uh, suites? Those cabana, like rooftop, oh, like, of pool course, suites. Of course. When I went to go see them play the Oakland Raiders uh, at the end of October last year, I got got to take a nice walk around, and I didn't get up in any of those suites, but I they they looked awesome. Yeah, that, that's a cool thing. They, I mean, they were smart to do that. They got to do something to get more people out there. And I'll always, I'll go to my grave saying the failure on their part was Tim Tebow. 
Oh, they should have drafted Tim Tebow, yeah. Well, you could have picked him up for nothing as a free agent just now. I mean, they're not going to be competing for anything now. But now that they got Bortles, tougher to do. But, you know, you go back two seasons ago, they should have picked up Tim Tebow, sold a ton of jerseys, got people in that stadium, and allowed that team to kind of grow. Not that he was going to be some sort of all-pro quarterback all of a sudden, but it at least would have got people in the seats, man. Then that's half of the battle right there. You're right. Hey, as I uh, try and back myself up here, I've Googled the Jaguars and their greatest players in franchise history. Vaselli's number one. Guess who's number two? Mark Bruno. Jimmy Smith. So I was pretty close with that. Jimmy wide Smith receiver. was a good wide receiver. I said he's Timmy still Smith. Not, he's still not that guy, though. Well, number three we both forgot about. Fred Taylor. Man, Fred Taylor was before MJD. That's right. And his son, Kelvin Taylor, running the ball for the Gators, just got drafted. I forgot about Fred Taylor. Man, it's a good call. And then uh, number four is MJD. See, I just I don't think he's behind Fred Taylor, though. I loved Fred Taylor. He was a great back to watch. He was just tough and rugged, but he was still fast as all can be. Um, I get the Baselli number one. I get that. I don't know how you'd – I don't know how MJD's not there. And I guess maybe they're talking just tactical football stuff. But when you talk about a personality and the effect and the fan-centric uh, nature of the league, I just think MJD probably provides much bigger punch, uh, even than Baselli, obviously, because Baselli being an offensive lineman is not not something that people are really fan, you know, fan crazy about. Well, to give this ranking – a little bit of context. I did find it on Bleacher Report, which they are the kings of making lists and rankings and projections and, you know, some nonsense on from time to time. Yeah, it always is. It's good fodder. It's good, uh, you know, discussion material. But so in, in talking about pro sports, uh, we've had a pretty interesting – and then somewhat disappointing uh, NBA week. That's right. Tread deadline just passed, obviously, uh, yesterday. Yeah, yesterday 3, 3 p.m. Eastern. And we're talking about the local team here, the Miami Heat, which, by the way, just won their game tonight. 108 Handily. to 90. Final score against Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta. Doing, doing what they've been doing on the streak, man. How did Hassan finish up? Not as good as he could have. I think Hassan was struggling tonight against Dwight Howard. Um, Last I checked, he only had a couple of points. His final stat line didn't change. Two points, ten boards. You know, I'll tell you, that's one thing that scares me about Hassan. When Hassan is good, there might not be anybody better. Really, there might not. But when there is something that he doesn't like about a matchup, this happens a lot with him with Brooke Lopez, too. And Dwight seems to affect him similarly. But when he doesn't like a matchup, I just feel like there's something about him that checks out. Uh, you look at some of the analytics here, plus minus. White side was a plus 20 tonight. And if you had to guess who on the Miami Heat, plus minus was a plus 30 tonight. I'm really going to hate that you're going to say Luke Babbitt. Of course I'm not going to say Luke Babbitt. Come on, guess again. 
Tyler Johnson. No, man. Deion Waiters. Money. D Wait. <laughs> D Wait. The guy that replaced D Wade. Yeah, the the poor man's D Wade. Uh only the, finished with fourteen points, but he shoots well and him and him and Dragic have a good relationship. I hate to I hate to kick this guy because he is playing well. But I, I'm sick of hearing that poor man's D Wade thing because he's like the homeless man's D Wade. Like that's not close to D Wade. He's playing efficient. I look at it as poor man because he's making breadcrumbs compared to what those guys like D Wade are earning on an annual basis because he needed just a shot. He wanted to come play and he knew he wasn't going to get a huge contract. He had to actually perform before he's going to get paid almost like a franchise tag for NBA. He's playing for what? 2 million, $3 million. I think this season. Yeah. I thought he went 2.5 uh, for two. The second one being a team option. Um, yeah. That's a prove it contract right there. Yeah. And it's a cap-friendly contract for the Heat, so, I mean, it's a smart deal, especially with his production. I was kind of disappointed that I didn't see him get moved at the trade deadline because I kind of felt like his trade value, his value in general would never be higher. And I felt like these are the these are the moves that, like, the New England Patriots make. And that's getting a rehab player, putting them up, and before you end up having to pay them anything, moving them out, getting some draft picks and some assets in return – but there again, you know, the one detracting factor and all that is that uh, he's really only done it for like about two months and maybe two months is stretching it a little bit. But um, he's well, had a. I, I like watching him play, and I think he was relieved to stay where he is. Uh, the latest quotes that I've seen state, uh, quote, you never know what the world holds or what can happen. I live day by day. But like I said, I enjoy being with the Heat. I like my teammates. They're great. The chemistry we've built, I'm very comfortable. Once you find comfort somewhere, it makes everything else easier. Like I said, I'm comfortable. Coach Pat, we're going to see. Hey, it's Miami. My son loves it, so why not? We're going to finish out strong, let everything else take care of itself. Yeah, I think he's regretting signing that second year right now because he would be making a little bit more money quicker. But – Here's here's kind of the way I I explained this away to myself. And it sounds like Dion is maturing. You know, those were mature responses to that. Those were sensible responses to that. Yeah. He's always been accused of, of acting otherwise. Uh, but in saying all that, uh, you know, he's got a limited sample size right now that everybody would be basing everything off of. So... You know, you can still make this deal trade deadline next year when there's maybe some more assets out there or you've got a team that's even – see, the problem right now is I, I think that you've got everybody pretty well checked out to the point that Boston seems like they would be the biggest challenge to Cleveland. But I don't, I don't know that any of us can believe that that's going to happen and Deion Waiters wouldn't have been a piece that pushed him over the edge. The um, San Antonio Spurs, uh, you know, they're obviously great and all, but I don't think any of us really believe that they can overtake Golden State. And so I don't think you had the motivation that here's the here's the one piece we need, a bench score, an efficient two-guard, one of these guys can get his own shot. 
that this is the piece we need in order to make this thing work. Even in Toronto, you've got a bunch of guys that can get their own shot. Right, and they added a nice piece. Yeah, with P.J. Tucker. On the defense and on the offense. Oh, yeah, you're right. They got a Baca as well. So when you're looking at this, I just don't think there was a landing spot for Dion that would have uh, produced any real value for the Heat. Um, I was hearing a crazy uh, rumor about Dragic and Whiteside to Portland for Damian Lillard. God, that would have been amazing. Would have done that in a heartbeat. Trade almost anything for Damian Lillard to come be a part of the team. I mean, that's, that's, wow. I, I really like that kid. I hate the fact that he plays in Portland. I wish that he was in a market like this. Um, man, the fans would eat him up. Like, they would love that kid. He's he's D. Wade with an outside shot, and he's a little bit smaller and more, uh, he's, and he's got a better Ferocious. handle. But he attacks the way Dwayne attacked as a young man. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you miss that. That's That's an excitement level. The ability to take over games, change series, uh, and dominate from the guard position. Just not something you see a whole lot, let alone, uh, you know, it's not something you see a lot classically, let alone now. So uh, especially at his size and stature, he would have been an impressive piece to get over here. Um, Well, you asked Pat Riley about the NBA trade deadline, and he says, well, nothing there. Wasn't really a buyer or a seller. I'm just glad we didn't do anything stupid. Yeah, and it kind of sounded like the thing that you could have done that was stupid uh, towards the end of that trade deadline was, in fact, make a deal to make a deal. And they've, I just don't think you were ever going to, they really needed to open up to expiring contracts for veteran higher level players that they may have a chance to resign or draft picks. And I just don't think you had either one of those out there. Yeah, this really just wasn't the year, and, and given the landscape of the league, probably best to stay put because really the only the only move they made is they traded Chris Bosh to uh, NBA TV. <laughs> yeah, um, what they get? TNT. What'd they get back? A high five. Yeah, I would, I would have liked to see them. TNT sends uh, Charles Barkley to the Miami Heat and trade for. <laughs> The Miami, and Heat's Miami Heat immediately release or waive Charles Barkley. No, I'd like to see his ass in a uniform, let him get out there. And, uh, yeah, that, that would have been funny. It would have been a funny release, actually. I, I wish TNT would have tweeted that out or something. Yeah, that would be comical. So I guess he, Chris Bosh will be on NBA TV and TNT. Yeah, there's some sort of affiliation between the two. Um, even with ESPN and TNT, ever since the Sager stuff last year in the finals, there just seems to be anything NBA related. It seems like there's a lot of continuity between all the uh, uh, the different stations and networks and whatnot. So um, that's kind of cool to see because you see people across different platforms all the time. Yeah. Um, so I will tell you the one guy that I'm happy we didn't move. James and, Johnson. Yeah, dude, I really like that guy. I hope they lock him up for a while. I know he's a little bit older, but he even has an old man game to him. So you just get the feeling if we signed him for four years and he starts to fade near the end, he's still going to be wildly effective. He's a great glue guy and a leader, and he's been in the playoffs before. And what more can you ask for as a supporting player on a a team that has 
aspirations of winning a championship. If they're young, if they're a little bit older, he can fit with any of them. If this was a championship-level team, he would be uh, the big three eras version of Udonis Haslam. UD. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And the guy's really cool, too. He's dynamic, man. He's got a lot of different stuff to him with the martial arts. Black and, belt. Yeah. He's yeah, an I'm, interesting guy. I'm happy he found his way to the squad. Um, so for those of you um, out there that are Heat fans, I can tell you coming down to the second half of the season, it looks promising for those playoffs. And they're going to make a run. They're going to be putting everything into it. And uh, I hope it turns out well. In saying that, uh, the second half of our show today is sponsored by JM Lexus. JM Lexus has offered us an, a, uh, a unique opportunity um, in conjunction with Sun Sports and the Miami Heat. Uh, we've been invited, uh, all three members uh, of the Southern uh, you know, section of the Extraordinary Fan will be venturing out to American Airlines Arena on March the 3rd for a rather unique event. You mean Tom's going to come with us? Uh, that's the rumor as as yet. So um, until that's changed. Oh, man. Now I'm excited. Yeah, I wasn't going to be counting uh, my chickens on this one yet, but he was supposed to respond to me tonight and let me know for sure. So I went ahead and RSVP'd for all of us. By the way, you were supposed to let me know tonight too. I went ahead and RSVP'd for all of us. So. I'm in. I didn't think we were going to miss out on that. No, you can count me in, Billy. Thank you, JM Lexus. Thank you, Miami Heat. And Sun Sports. Um, so, yeah, so what we'll be doing is we'll be venturing out there uh, for what they call a uh, court of dreams. And uh, we're going to have an opportunity to play on the Heat court. I got to do this uh, the last couple of years. It's a, it's a really cool uh, experience to be out there on the court and, you know, get an idea of what the view is like from down there. And uh, it's just a good time. Uh, uh, Azuka is our contact with Sun Sports and the Heat and, and was kind enough to reach out to me yesterday and uh, provided this opportunity. So big thanks to Azuka, Sun Sports, the Miami Heat, and JM Lexus for that opportunity. You think they would mind if I wear my Kobe jersey out there? Uh, I mean, I think it's a sign of disrespect. Yeah, absolutely. He's retired now, so it's, come on. It should be hanging up there with Michael Jordan's jersey in the rafters. Get out of here, dude. Which number? That's what I thought. Don't worry about it. Now, no, I think that's a sign of disrespect. It's time to get a Heat shirt. And, uh, I'm going to wear my D-Wade shirt. There you go. That's all we need. Um, you know Tom's going to be in that white D-Wade jersey. Like You just know he will. He doesn't have anything else. So, right? yeah, I knew that. Uh, he's got some repulsive Jordans, uh, pink and green and purple. and, and <laughs> Christmas Day edition? No, I got some Christmas uh, days from a couple of years ago. Those are always cool. I don't know what he's wearing. They're like some sort of orthopedic look with some wild colors. Uh, South Florida orthopedic, I guess you could call them. Um, but yeah, so that's going to be a good time. And, uh, for anybody that's, that's Heat fans, that's NBA fans, just know that we're going to be, um, signing off here in just a moment and, uh, very quickly picking up with our national show. That's going to be a full hour and <laughs> knowing us, it'll be a touch over. Uh, but we're going to have a full hour of NBA coverage. Um, we're going to, we're going to recap a little bit of the all-star game, the NBA trade deadline, and then looking forward uh, to the close of this season, this regular season, and heading in to the playoff stretch. 
Yep, going to be touching on everything NBA, very heavy basketball uh, hour we got coming up next. So hope you guys stick around, listen to the national show, and uh, again, be sure to click and subscribe in the iTunes podcast section. Yeah, if you just go into the Pod Center and search The Extraordinary Fan, um, in case you're listening to us through the website, uh, you can find us there. Also, uh, you can go to theextraordinaryfan.com. You'll find our podcast listed there as well. Um, again, tonight's drink of the night was the In Fashion. You can find that at the Capitol Grill, um, or uh, we will put up a recipe on the Extraordinary Man portion of our uh, of our website. So please feel free to visit that. Um, so in saying that, we're going to sign off. But before we do, just want to make sure to mention our sponsor of the second half of our show today, and that's the world's number one Lexus dealer, JM Lexus. They can be found at 5350 West Sample Road in Margate, Florida. If you need to reach them, you can do so at 954 972 2200. Uh, number one Lexus dealership in the world for 25 straight years. Uh, the JM experience is definitely one that's not like any other. You can head on over there. They've got two different facilities, used and new. You can choose from over 1,400 new cars that they have on site, guaranteed to have your car in stock, and uh, certainly a, an experience all to its own. So if you're in the market for a vehicle, check out their website at jmlexus.com or give them a call. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you on the national show. Thank you. Y'all, some people got good friends, and not I live my life right. Intense. On the edge, on the wire. I'm from the group where friction leads to fire. Stack your bricks, the time is taking.